Everyone, please find your seat because school is in session. You're listening to the new teacher hotline presented by the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. Welcome to episode two of the New Teacher Hotline. I am, as you may know or not know from the last podcast, Mike Kelly, the Director of Teacher Preparation at the American Board and the author of Rookie Teaching for Dummies. And as always, always meaning since last time, (laughs) I have opposite me, Dr. Glenn Moulton, our RTE, resident teaching expert. And I get paid extra for that, right? More initials equals more money, right? That's right. Let's put some more on there then. <laughs> R-T-E-D-D-S, yeah. Doctor of Dental Science. So we will start right away with our first segment, the warm-up. As promised, last week we were talking about, uh, or actually two weeks ago. Okay, we had trouble with that last time. What if you have a month with five weeks in it? We'll have to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Play that Stay tuned ear. for that one. I'm going to have to call a meeting. Um, <laughs> Assemble a committee. <laughs> that's right. This is an important decision. So we were talking last time about involving the administration. Oh yes. When you've yes. got behavior issues, especially good, good if you're idea. trying to establish or reestablish control mm-hmm. in the face of chaos. Okay. Um, having been a teacher for a number of years, I know that the one thing that was drilled into my head was the principal shouldn't really know your name because of the students that you send down. If you're consistently sending down kids to the office, that the message that sends is that you're not a very good teacher or you have no control of your kids or that perhaps you just enjoy sending people places. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what it means. So I know there's people that are going to be afraid to send people to the office. And then I know there's people who send 11 kids to the office per day as a matter of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, I've, I've sat on both sides of that desk, and I can tell you from an administrator's point of view, yes, there are teachers that you know all too well by the half dozen students they send down every period. After a while, it does appear as if either the teacher doesn't like that particular student or students or doesn't know how to handle them or all of the above. Yes, that that can become a problem. As a first-year teacher or even a second-year teacher, those rules don't really apply. I mean, sure, the administrators would like to see uh, a teacher control and teach all the students, all the time. And, you know, life is good when that happens. But that's not always what happens. First-year teachers have to learn how to manage a class first. And that's one of the most difficult things to do, especially if you're not prepared. And administrators know that. So you're saying, actually, and you're not just saying this to be nice, that administrators don't mind if a new teacher is trying to take control by sending people to the office. I think they mind, but I also think they expect it. Okay. For successful administrators, there is a little bit of preparation that can go into place ahead of time. In other words, one of the worst things that a school can do is turn a brand-new teacher loose in a classroom without giving them any kind of transition into the job. In other words, you don't show up the day that the students do and say, well, here they are. Don't send them to the office, and there will be a final exam at the end of the year, and they better do good on it. A wise administrator has a few things set in place to help first-year teachers. And one would be, here's a copy of the school rules. I'm giving them to you in July, the day after you're hired, so that you have a month to review them so that you can come up with your own class rules that are consistent with these. 
And when you arrive the week before school begins, we're going to assign you a mentor teacher within our building that you can work with, ask questions, pose scenarios, and have them check over your rules. Likewise, within your department, we have a department chair or a volunteer coordinator who's going to also work with you. So am I as the administrator. Here's some things that I've learned over the years, and maybe you could use them in your class. So now on the subject of class rules, because I know that was one of the most daunting things for me when I was starting teaching, I had to come up with these rules before I've even seen any students, and these rules are going to completely define everything that happens for the school year. And if things go poorly, then that's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So here's a question. Under what circumstances is it okay to be stricter than the school rules? And under what circumstances, if any, is it appropriate to be less strict than the school rules in your own classroom rules? I would not advise being less strict than the school rules. So not, so that whole <laughs> us against them mentality is a bad idea. I know no. the office says no gum, but I don't mind gum. Right. So that's uh, a, no. Only trouble and tears will result. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Wait. even if the students think you're cool because of that, that's still a bad idea. Well, it can be cool if it's uh, off school property. Right. They can chew gum out there, but. That does sound rebellious. Yes, it does. Off school chewing gum. <laughs> the, the best way to visualize this, in fact, it's really the only way to visualize this, is that the school operates as a team, and the administrators and the teachers are on the same side, and theoretically so are the students. But there should never be a division between the efforts of the administration and the efforts of the teachers. They're one and the same. We're on the same side. Let's work together. Never contradict the school rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, you can be more strict than they are if you feel that there's one that's out of place. Okay, chewing gum. The school allows it, but you don't. Fine. You know, they take it out when they uh, enter your classroom. Sure. I see. So in general, what you're saying is the school rules are very appropriate for the classroom, and deviating one way or the other is Better have a good reason. Think of it as a team. You're never alone. You're not intended to be alone. In really high-functioning schools, a new teacher gets more help than they ever want. Well, that's good news. It is. It is. I'll save the other uh, topic that we'd identified, which is eliminating ringleaders and Oh, that's a good one. We're going to save that, that for next time. Oh. So look forward to it. And that's that is a in good two one. point, how many weeks? If it's five weeks, something like that. It, there's some mathematical formula. It's in at least two weeks. Mm hmm At the As soon as we decide to do it again, we'll have another one. Exactly. Okay. Precisely. You've got mail. Now, let's move into our second segment, which is Ask the Expert, or okay. RTE. That's me, right? A-T-R-T-E, Ask the Resident Teaching Expert. Oh, yeah. We could have all sorts of abbreviations. That A-B-C-T-E, A-T-R-T-E, begins now. <laughs> our question uh, this week comes from an elementary school teacher, and she writes, I am a new teacher, and even though I am 21, I look very young for my age. And that's kind of a funny mm. thing is, even though I am a 21. That's pretty old. Right. right. <laughs> I look young for my age. I teach in an elementary school and back to school night this year when parents come and meet teachers and find out what and how they'll be teaching didn't go so well. The parents basically said I look too young and I think it shook their confidence in me. Now, a few months later, things have begun to get better as they volunteer in the class, see me in action and get to know me better. But this has still been unpleasant. So what can I do next year so things go better? I'd like to start the year off on the right foot. So how do you prepare and conduct yourself for parent-teacher night? Well, you know, that is a, uh, a real problem for young teachers especially. They look like students. And, you know, in some cases they're not much older than the, than the students they're teaching. I'm reminded of a story, uh, this happened I think the third year I was teaching, where... A guidance counselor 
literally right out of school, was not very tall, and the first day of school, she couldn't get in early because the principal of all people wouldn't let her in because he didn't <laughs> recognize her as a teacher. Really? <laughs> very embarrassing for her. Right. So here's some things that, that you can do, and actually uh, I'm getting a lot of this from her because she learned on day one. you got to look like a professional. If you're showing up in dress of the day, blue jeans, T-shirt, you're going to look like a student, and you're not going to get the respect of the professionals. So you're thinking more severe, like hair in a bun, nose perched glasses. <laughs> Work great for me. Hair in a bun, perfect. Of course, Mike and I never had this problem. We were always huge, strapping youths that... Uh, right, intimidated we, students yeah, with our pure, right. I don't know, strappingness. Mm -hmm. That's. I wish that were true. Uh, so do I. Anyway, this is a common problem. One of the things that I advise new teachers to do, whether it is a problem or it might become a problem, is you need to be a professional all the time. People will judge you by the way you look, by the way you act, how you dress, what you say, and they will judge you that way 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So the profession really begins in the parking lot as you arrive at school and doesn't end until you're safely at home that evening. The image that you want to portray no matter how young or old you are, is that I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. Come to me if you need help. I understand what you're saying. It's hard to put into words. It's something that you know you have confidence in mm -hmm. your skills, and I think that people can really pick up, like dogs can smell fear on you. I think that parents can smell unease. Well, and if stress. you look like a student, they're going to treat you like a student. If you look like a teacher, the first impression is, okay, this is a teacher, and go from there. If you're right out of school, Keep it in mind. You've got to look like you belong. Is there something else that you can do to project a professional demeanor? It's more than just your appearance. It's the way you hold yourself. It's the way you command presence in a room, eye contact, the way you speak, how you speak, and what you say. Again, remember the parents are usually older than the first-year teacher, right. especially if they're right out of college. So they've been around. They know what they're looking for. This is what a teacher is supposed to look like, and this is what a teacher is not supposed to look like. You want to fall in that first category. I know that in my first couple new teaching parent night experiences, I just had no idea what to do. I think that you shouldn't panic too much, that there is no one right answer. And really, you should also anticipate that people are going to be skeptical of a new teacher. Absolutely. Well, they're going to be curious. Curious is good. That means they want to know more about you. And that's an opportunity to present yourself in a professional way. I mean, that's what we want. We want parents to come in to see who we are and what we're doing. And that gives us a chance to win them over. I really like actually the way you said that is instead of um, viewing different situations as a new teacher as, a, as an opportunity to fail or as a reason to be stressed out or a reason to panic, you should really look at them as an opportunity to make things better. Absolutely. That's, a very, that's not the way I thought about it when I was a new teacher, but that's a very positive way to think about it. It works. It really frames things better. Yeah. Well, one other thing, though, if you're at an open house or a back-to-school night or anything like that where you're in front of the parents, be prepared. The most important thing they want to know is how well is their child doing in your class. So have that ready. The second thing they want to know is who are you and how do you teach? So come prepared with some information about the curriculum, how I teach it. This is what happens during a normal day. This is what your child is doing in my class. And if you want to help your child do better, here are some things you can do. If your child is having a problem, what do you want me to do? An email, a phone call, a letter, 
put a safety pin on their, uh, you know, shirt with a right. note attached to it. Or, That's what you know. I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> How do you want me to contact you if your your child is in need of help? But in or, that case, you can only give feedback on non-rainy days. That's right. Very important. A number of the students are going to go well beyond what's expected of them. So don't always couch it in, what do you what do you want me to do if your child is struggling? What do you want me to do if your child is overachieving? And that happens a lot, and we sometimes overlook it because we're always thinking of the bad kid. But uh, more often than not, you're going to find a child who's, who really catches on fire and wants to do more, and you should inform the parents. You, you have a real prodigy here. Perhaps uh, working together, we can provide some experiences for this child to extend learning well beyond the classroom. Well, excellent. Before I wrap up this segment, I want to stress one other thing. Speaking to parents on the phone and in person is one thing, but remember that materials that you present to them are permanent. So right. you want to really present yourself in the best possible way. You want to have no spelling Check your mistakes, spelling. <laughs> right? It would be bad. Take um, them down to the English department first and have them read it. Because they will take this to their friends and say, look at who the new teacher Absolutely. is. Absolutely. It happens. Yes. So, And then it will get back to the Board of Education. And it will probably happen at some point to you that you make a spelling mistake and it's embarrassing. But it's better for that to happen later mm-hmm. when people realize Once that's you're not the status quo. Right. That, yeah, it was probably somebody else's fault. <laughs> exactly. My printer. <laughs> yeah, it was good. the printer. It leaves out ease. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to conclude this week's New Teacher Hotline. And remember that you can reach us at newteacherhotline at gmail.com, G-M-A-I-L.com. I am Mike Kelly. And I'm Glenn Moulton, and we'll see you in the faculty round. The New Teacher Hotline is presented every two weeks by the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. Look us up online at www.abcte.org. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. In fact, ABCTE makes no claim that downloading this podcast will even be worth your time. But, you know, we we hope it is. Our theme song is courtesy of Van Davis at www.vandavis.com. Thanks for listening.